begins with rejection. You are thrust out of the first door, out of the warmth of the red room. Any attempt to re-enter is doomed to end in tragedy. You walk down the hallway. You see the other doors. They are locked. You do not have the key. You find a new door. It feels much like the first. You want to enter this door. It is locked, but you think you can force it. You do not want to damage the hall, but you are cold and the room is warm. You kick in the door. You receive the warmth of the purple room. You want to stay here. You never want to leave. But you do. You must. You make it to the end of the hall. This door is unlocked. This door is made for you. This door contains everything you have been seeking. The room on the other side holds no comfort but every truth. The door opens. You enter the blue room. How is the medication working out for you? Not well. You're not sleeping well? I'm sleeping. That's the problem. I'm not a big fan of the dreams. I wouldn't mind hearing about your dreams. <laughs> you sound like Gina. Dreams can be useful in self-analysis. Your dreams, maybe. I could go without. You need sleep to treat your patients. Sleep is overrated. Cassie. <laughs> I know, I know. If I could just shut my brain off at night, I'd be for it. Smoking used to cut the dreams down, but this new stuff you have me on? I'll talk to Gina. We might be able to alter your prescription. I won't hold my breath. Nothing could have stopped this. Everything led to this. This is what was meant to be. This is the predestined sacrifice.
Your latest evaluation suggests that you're not satisfied with your patient load. You mean my one patient? They made me dismiss the rest. That bothers you? Getting cut down to a 12-hour work week bothers me. I wasn't made for free time. It's a high-priority patient. Most would consider that a promotion. And what do you know about my patient? I know they wouldn't trust their care with just anyone. <laughs> Could have fooled me. How do you mean? I don't know what good I am to them. I don't think they're ever allowed out of their... Dorm is being too generous. It's a cell. Gina has this metal contraption strapped around their jaw. It has to be 15 pounds. The back of it has more locks than the security door, which I'm sure is thick enough to stop a tank. And even that seems excessive. They can't be more than 110 pounds soaking wet. They don't have arms. They do everything with their legs and feet. Painting, usually. A few weeks ago, I noticed they were eyeing my hair during a session. I offered to dye theirs for them. I didn't think it would be allowed, but I was fishing for some kind of connection. Next time I'm in, their hair's been shaved off. The attendant said it's routine, but I doubt that. The timing's too convenient. I'm not supposed to offer conversation, and they can't talk with the face restraints, so I sit there three times a week in silence. I sit there, they paint, both feet at once. It's really impressive. Bluebirds and snowstorms. I think the attendants throw the paintings away afterwards. It's tragic. Gina says the whole setup is custom-made for their needs, but it doesn't feel right. I can see how that would be difficult for you. I don't care about me. Can I ask you something? Of course. Do you think we're actually taking care of this person? I don't know. I joined in art class. Oh? My patient inspired me, and I think my dog was getting sick of me being around all the time. What's this? New art project, a dream journal. That's what you wanted, right? Those sleeping pills are something else. I know a couple of drug dealers who would love a supply. What happened to your hand? Oh, this old thing? My four-legged friend was trying to save me from a nightmare. She kept biting me to wake me out of it. It didn't work. The nightmare's on page eight, by the way. Cassie? I usually stick to earth-based narcotics, but you've really sold me on the synthetic stuff. Who needs acid when you can force-feed a person their own dreams, right? Cassie, if you aren't happy- Why wouldn't I be happy being unconscious 12 hours a day? The sleep of reason produces monsters. Isn't that what you're going for? Cassie! What? These are incredible. Thanks. It takes about an hour for me to come back to reality. Sketching the dreams out helps me put everything back together. It was either that or develop a cocaine habit and I'm on a budget. Will you tell me a little more about these two? They're reoccurring. My most frequent flyers? It's always the same. A field of ice, an impossibly large sky filled with stars, a boy with two sets of footprints, a bluebird that changes its shape, the bluebird leads the boy. The boy's shadow weeps. It knows where the bluebird is taking him, but the boy does not. They travel through a labyrinth of ice and rock, and as they walk, pieces of the boy catch on the edges and are torn away. When the boy is reduced to everything he was meant to be, they come to the center of the labyrinth. There they find a whispering void. 
The bluebird pushes the boy towards the whispering void, and the whispering void offers the boy a secret with a chalice full of blood. The boy first accepts the secret, then the chalice. He drinks deeply from both and looks to the stars. The secret sinks in, and as it does, the labyrinth becomes him. The bluebird sings, the boy rises to meet it, and they eat the world. What was the secret that the void told the boy? That the boy was never a boy. Congratulations on your new assignment. Thanks. I don't know what to expect. Antarctica. Are you nervous? Not really. Every moment since the start of time resulted in this. There's not a lot I can do to change that. I'm just trying to play my part. Well, I'm happy for you. And you have a new patient. Matthew? Yeah, his file is pretty unusual. Gina's been coaching me on it all week. He's in good hands. When has that ever helped anyone? Just do me a favor. Don't forget about yourself while you're down there. No promises. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of Station Blue. This is Chad Ellis, the creator of the show. I have a few people I want to thank before telling you a little bit about this show. First of all, I want to thank the crew that put International Podcast Month together. This is an amazing opportunity. I'm really excited about all the shows and many episodes. Second of all, I want to thank the help of Prizebox Productions. Prizebox Productions does some really excellent video work. You can hire them out if you go to prizeboxproductions.com. And third of all, I want to thank the cast of this episode. You heard myself as Matthew Leeds. You heard Kristen McLaughlin, a.k.a. Auburn Mystique, as Dr. Cassie. And you heard Bridgette Martin as Cassie's psychiatrist. If you enjoyed this, I encourage you to go to your podcatcher of choice uh, and download Station Blue. Uh, season 1 is mostly out. It might be out by the time that you are listening to this. Uh, it follows this fellow Matthew Leeds, who you heard a little bit about Um, who takes a contract job uh, as a caretaker of an Antarctic research station. Uh, It follows his struggles with uh, various things you can expect, storms, isolation, mental illness. Uh, And it's it's been a blast to put it all together. I'm really excited to be building um, towards the ending. Uh, I was also really excited to make this episode, this hints at things to come. This is an interlude that takes place kind of during the finale of Season 1 and is going to connect it to Season 2. For updates, you can follow us on Twitter at StationBluePod. We also have a website, StationBluePodcast.com, where you can find transcripts for our episodes. You can find contact information, um, all of that good stuff. I hope to see you in the other feed. Uh, Enjoy the rest of this music. 